quiet. Time for start show. Vogel defeat audience. Your move silently and high checks are successful. Good evening, lords and ladies. You have chosen your evening's entertainment quite wisely. You are about to experience the most wondrous spectacle in all of Western Scotalia. I am your host proprietor, Romande Zorvinde, and I welcome you to the 20 sided theater. Dancing lights! <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to introduce you to the insufferable bastards. A tiny thief of questionable gender, a master magician of variable size, Thorn the Trixie Pixie. When I catch Vincenzo, he won't know what hit him or from what direction. Thrimlock Lenanian, a blindfolded elf sorcerer with a potato perched upon his shoulder, and his minions, Torea Marsvel an undead paladin, and Sir Gnome, his faithful gnome skeleton valet. Come on, Correa. You too, Sir Gnome, or I'll put you in a maze. Yes, sir. Yes, master. Tad Decent, LLC. Man of action, exterminator of Oakvale. Few words, many arrows. I'll turn Don Vincenzo into a pin cushion. Imanand Shenouda. He is known throughout the Empire as the Weaponsmith, and he serves as president and spokesman of the Shenouda Necromancy Corporation, a mummified human wizard accompanied by his skeletal cat familiar, Bastet. You can always count on the Shenouda Necromancy Corporation. We bring out the best in your dead. The Lady Issa Featherfoot, princess of the Pengonquin, a shape-shifting penguin assassin, Bow before the princess of the mighty Pengonquin, or I'll peck you in the face! The terrible, towering, Maldreth the Impious, the ogre-blooded patriarch of the Church of War, dedicated to Makar, father of strife. Where are you, idiots? I had plans for this afternoon, and they hinged upon your faithful acts of violence. His majestic terror, Vrogel, son of Vorbel, King of Town Hall, King of Wagon, King of Docks, King of Wife, King of Axe, and Baron of Keepfield. No, me King of Barony. Get it right, dressy elf, or me dispense swift lesson with Axe. My humblest apologies, your majesty. Dark brother Smid Caltrops, the half-bear monk and president of Bear Industries. 
a shapeshifter of near insurmountable strength and speed. Do Scotchellian bread merchants think they can strong-arm bear industries out of business? Not if I have anything to say about it, which I will! And last, but certainly not least, yours truly, the inexplainable Romande Zorfinde. Bard in extraordinaire, beloved of millions, light of the breaking dawn. Um, get on with it. An elven bard of pan-dimensional acclaim. But you already knew that, didn't you? Lords and ladies of my beloved audience, recline upon your gilded seats, quaff your libations, and thoroughly enjoy your evening at the Twenty-Sided Theater. When last we left my insufferable bastards, they were crossing the wasteland of Tuberorsus the Blighted, a terrible place that may truly be potato hell. Enormous dunes of moldering tubers stretch as far as the eye can see, each one spreading its Stygian spores on the wind. The great burning potato sun hammers down insistently, unmitigated by breeze nor cloud nor shade. When last we camped, the lot of us were forced to repel a midnight attack by a horde of potato zombies. As if the undead spuds weren't bad enough, Tuberosus himself used quite a bit of violence to express his displeasure at our presence. Now we trudge along the desert once again, exhausted and irritable from our lack of sleep. Elf, you shut your potsy face and keep walking. A group of those twice-damned things ate our magic carpets. Wait, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Why would zombies eat carpets? Don't the undead usually eat whatever they were when they were alive? Remember where you are? The zombies can eat anything on this plane, since everything is a potato on some of them. Huh, well, that explains the glow bulbs sticking out of the potato sun. I kind of wondered about that. And so you continue your harrowing journey. Luckily, Create Food and Water is a fairly low-level spell, so your provisions are easily cared for. Where in the Twelve Hells is the rest of our party? Even with a planar temporal differential, they should have been here by now. Struth, Ketheran. I even made sure to leave them a note. I hope they arrive with my new wardrobe soon. What's wrong with what you're wearing now? Oh, you wouldn't understand. I'm pretty sure penguins are colorblind. I'm pretty sure that you're completely wrong. And also, I hate you. Luckily, you don't have long to dwell on that thought. A cloud of dust rises in the distance, and you can feel, more than hear, a low rumble. Give you spot checks. Are those potatoes wearing robe? You mean the ones with the pitted eyes and the horrendous piercings? Oh no, I meant the other one. The one whose caravan seems to be on fire. Though I don't see any flames. Hmm. Indeed. As you close the distance, you witness the caravan flaking and blowing away as ash. The whole area shimmers with heat haze, but no flames are visible. In fact, the closer you come to the conflict, the colder the air grows. Ah. Now this is proper penguin weather. Hold your beak, penguin. I recognize these portents. 
The Empire has hunted this foe for the past 9,428 years across innumerable worlds and planes. I thought you guys were lying, you know, politics. You mean those stories were real? Indeed. The hungering end has reached Outer Hikon. Forward now for the glory of the Empire. Well, I guess we'd better kill it then. The Chaos Potatoes notice your boisterous approach, and two of them break off from the nomads. The infected potatoes shamble toward you, rolling irregularly over the massive body rings piercing their bulk. The ground beneath them freezes, and a loud crack peels out before the very earth drifts away like dandelion seeds on the wind. Excellent! According to my extensive bardic knowledge, these are still too weak to cause lasting damage to this plane. Observe how we still have ground upon which to stand. Wait, wait, wait. Why are these things bad? Because they absorb matter and energy in an attempt to evenly redistribute them across the plurality of universes. So what? We already know we can move from universe to universe, can't we just leave this one and lock the door behind us? Would that it were so. The hungering end travels from plane to plane, dispersing everything in its wake. Eventually, it would catch up and corner us. Big deal. You guys said there's an infinite number of universes, so we can just keep moving if we have to. You never studied mathematics, did you, Dad? Nope. Why? Because we have two mathematical limits at play here. One, the living universe approaches a positive infinity. The other, the sections of the multiverse where the hungry end has one, approaches a negative infinity. Do you want to gamble your very existence on the possibility that the negative infinity grows more slowly than the positive? Well, you've been discussing basic mythology and advanced mathematics. The third chaos spot has taken it upon herself to disintegrate the seventh of sixteen nomads. Time to get some sorely needed attention. I shall raise my voice in song, accompanied by mine own loot. No potato will be able to ignore me. They sure won't. All three Chaos Potatoes turn immediately toward Romande. One fires a black ray from its sickly index root. Index root? Yeah, the one it points with. Gods. Duck, you spoony bard! Torea crashes into Romande, hurtling him to the ground, safely out of the beam's path. Oh, my thanks, Dame Marsvel. You have secured yourself a place in my next ballad. Eat beak, demons! Peck, peck. Right behind you, penguin. Ah, come lightning. These infected tubers convulse as electricity courses through them, but nothing seems to slow their approach. Not even Issa's mighty beak. Hmm, there's something odd going on here. You mean, hold on one moment. Scorching ray. Pardon me. You mean something odd other than the potatoes destroying reality in a 15-foot radius thing, right? Or the part where we're on a plane that's entirely composed of potatoes, but one of those nomads looks like a yam? No, I'm used to those by now. My nature sense is just... itching. 
A deep-throated roar rises from behind the caravan as a familiar ursine form bounds into the melee. Brutal charge! Die, Starchball! Smith crosses the distance in less time than it took Romande to break into song, tackling one of the potato demons and savagely eviscerating it with his claws and teeth. These things can be eviscerated? Well, yes and no. Yes, they have insides that can be moved outside. No, this doesn't kill them. In fact, much of the demon's body drifts away like the desert around it. But the hollowed-out potato skin just keeps coming. Oh, hey, sorry guys. I had a lot of fruit earlier, and it took a while to find a decent business portion. Oh, glad you could join us again. Behind you, Bear! Scorching Ray! The Chaos Potato bursts into flames! Now we have an on-fire Chaos-Fueled Potato with a hungry hand to deal with. Wait, I figured it out. I drop to my knees and cast Commune with Nature. We are still in the desert, right? Uh, yeah. What are you trying to do here? I humbly beseech the attention of Tuberorsis, the Blighted. Speak, invading spudling. <clears throat> oh, mighty Tuberorsis, whose great efforts ruined the diggers of far away. We have located the source of your agitation. Their blight is far worse than any plague I ever wrought. I feel my very core fraying as they move through me. Quite right. The hungering end is from beyond the beyond. They will sweep this world and countless others, consuming everything. Rocks, trees, animals, water, the very airs we breathe. The end represents everything. Untuberific. Dad, roll a diplomacy check. Hmm. Uh, twelve. Not great. I better keep talking. You waste my time, Sproutly. Uh, um, great. Tuberorsis, you are here as punishment for destroying, for, for murdering your fellow potatoes. Would it not go toward making amends if you were to save all of Hycon from this menace? Dead. You are met. Well, that didn't work. Anyone got a plan B? I could put on a last grand performance. Anybody else? Yes, Dad. Someone else does have a plan. Everyone make reflex saves as you're not flying. The ground shakes, and one of the cracks in the earth opens, swallowing one of the chaos potatoes. A moment later, the 20-foot-tall aspect of Tuberorsis climbs from the chasm, lifting the remaining two demons from the ground. Do you really want that giant waiter to bring back your moldy demonic potato? Tuberorsis holds the two chaos potatoes aloft, smashing them against each other before swallowing the starchy pulp of their remains. Oh, I don't want it now. I must return to my solitude, little potato. Consuming these few infections has taxed me greatly. And with that, the aspect is reabsorbed into the desert, leaving you alone with the potato nomads. 
And now, we turn our sights back to the great kingdom of Scartalia. Maldreth is just now finding the message I left him. Where are those meat sacks? Note. Went to Potato Heaven. Bring Vrogel and the blue tunic with the gold fringe. Ah, I summoned Vrogel with the ring I gave him. Wait, wait. Our lich friend gave us all rings? I didn't take one. We have what now? Almost all of us. And shush! You're not in this scene. Wait, that was a choice? You're not in this scene either. I merely left a handful of magic rings in a bag in our secret meeting place. What do these rings do? They just let me teleport to you, I swear. It's handy, and you can teleport to me at any time. Whatever you want. So I can heal you. It's handy. Romande's right. Only Maldreth should be on stage. Ahem. Use magical device. Roggle appears in a puff of smoke. Me know what clean drains. Me king, king of what? Huh? Hmm? You know wife? No, me not. Plainer gateway. You stand amid the rolling yellow hills of Outer Hycon. Good. Now I can teleport to Thrimlock. Okay. Give me another use magical device trick. Your ring flares with the power granted you by Makar, forgotten god of battles. Within seconds, you stand head and shoulders over Thrimlock as he tinkers with his bag of spell commands. Thrim, give me a spell. Now I shall summon Vrogel. Vrogel appears in another puff of smoke, and he seems to have scooped one of the local fauna up onto his ass. Me king of potato bunny! It seems our esteemed king of town hall is losing this particular argument. Maldrith and Vrogel have arrived just at the end of your encounter with the Chaos Potatoes. The band of potato nomads, or the potato mads. God damn it. Potato Mads are quite grateful for your timely intervention. Their chief straightens her robes as she wobbles towards it. Cool! Thank you for saving us! Pleased to meet you. Tad Decent LLC. Anything exterminated at a reasonable price. Your pests are gone, and I'm not paid. That means there must be more trouble coming for you, right? Those beasts somehow blasted away the oasis that has been in this spot since the first sprouting! Oh, great traveling heroes! What news do you bring? Where Oasis go? Those things destroyed it! Where we find it? It's not there anymore! You said gone? You mean like, away? I can fix your Oasis problem. For 200,000 standard weight gold coins of two Oasis. We only have these! She opens a sack emblazoned with the local currency symbol. She reaches inside and pulls out a handful of quarter-sized Yukon gold potatoes. Oh, I'll appraise them. Yeah, they're probably not worth anything on any other plane. Uh, but it is food. Exotic food at that. And it's made of the souls of dead potatoes! I bet we can make a mint if we find an unscrupulous master chef. Where'd we put that turtle? The, the plane of chair, or something. Char! A truly terrible place, and the less we dwell on that, the better. Well, that sounds worthless to me. I hope I'm better when you all die. Well, I guess you're not getting your oasis back. It's probably made of potatoes anyway, like everything on this shitty plane. I must protest! You travelers, me find oasis. Bring it back here. All me want is you make Vrago king of oasis. Well, I suppose we may make you king of all oasis if 
you ask if you can return No it. man! No ask! I hate ask! King never ask! Yes, sire! No, sire! Whatever you say, my king! Now, Potato, have you seen any other travelers? We're following the trail of a deadly criminal. You mean the one with the sprout coming out of its... What's that word? Head! The feather in its hat. Vincenzo. Yes, we met with the Vincenzo four days past. He wanted to know the way to Inner High Corn and the Russet Hills. And that's where we're going. Which way to the Russet Hills? Sadly, we do not know. We've wandered these deserts for the past 400,000 years, and only thrice has this caravan reached the desert's edge. The Vincenzo professed not to care, and demanded a direction. We pointed, and it left, and then demons came! Makara, why am I cursed to be with these idiots? You dumber than face rock, clan orc. But this is our dream! To be nomads in the desert for a very long time. How can we be nomads if the desert ceases to exist? Maybe you learn dream better. Oh, have a heart, King Froggle. Even such a lonely being as this potato, or even a sir gnome, has dreams and ambitions, you heartless monarch. Their dreams just aren't as good, or as worthwhile as us clever folk. Let's get a move on. Which way did Vincenzo go? That way! We potato mans have an excellent sense of direction. Uh, I'm blind. Could you scry me those directions? But we don't have any magi. But we do have this map. Hmm. I'm surprised you knew that scrying needs magi. I'll have my potato ling read it. As Thrimlock pours over the map, the chief calls the rest of the party over to her carrier, leading you to a dark stained wooden chest. Carving upon it shows a woman at a forge with a potato at her foot. This is the finest weapon of the potato clans! In the days before the sun, it rolled from an elf lord's table and through the halls until it came to the great iron roasting lady. It rolled beneath her foot and she fell backwards upon the ground, striking her posterior most humorously. Seeing the fire in this potato's root, she placed it in the coals, and there she shaped its form to its spirit. Will you take this goddess toppling weapon and rid the desert of the rest of those demons? Let me get this straight. Your goddess tripped over a potato, and then she made it into a sword. Yes, that is the exact chain of events that took place. <laughs> you would never catch Mandos tripping over a measly vegetable. With all due respect, I must correct you, Master Blind Pointy Sprout. Where roots... You are what my goddess shapes you into, just like this blade. Identify item. Hmm. This weapon is a potato-soled vorpal scimitar, and it's intelligent. Barely. Fear not, fair fleet. Bramande, when is the last time you even swung a fucking sword? Just now, as I was gesticulating. I hate you. Hate you, hate you, I hate you. Hate you! I wish we could leave you here. All you continue your journey across the desert of Tuberorsus the Blight, pursuing both the demonic Chaos Potatoes and the elusive Don Vincenzo. The demons have left a wide swath of dispersed reality for you to follow. At least this Matafog is keeping the sun from blistering my exquisite ears. 
This place is terrible! Potatoes can't even do hell right! Where are all the icebergs covered in seals? Not so bad. A little like Great Grandmore used to say Orc Purgatory-like. Dare I ask the purpose of Orc Purgatory? Make you strong. You survive, find water, and get born another time. Unless you weak, then you die forever death. Me strong, make through desert. Making of desert! You, sand, show me way to oasis. King want drink! Can anybody possibly track those chaos buds? The anointed heiress of the Pengonquin Expanse does not wish to spend any more time listening to his majesty yell at the sand. Well, he may actually have a point there. Wait, hold on, he might? Yeah, uh, I've been noticing these tiny waves in the matter fog. If we follow them to their source, we may find our vermin. How did you even notice that? I noticed modifiers. Fair enough. Give me a tracking check. I don't fully trust this exterminator. Rats and fishmen are one thing. Demons require a more inspired solution. I'll divide the answer. You get to ask Makar, the father of battles, one yes or no question. Oh, Makar, should I follow that decent-looking exterminator? Yes. See? Now we know the demons are this way. Or some other better conflict. You spend the next three hours following Tad as he sniffs the air, halts intermittently, and continually hums. Give me two more tracking checks. Yep. These waves are definitely getting more frequent. And there's something pulsing out there. Everybody give me a listen check. Ah, just listen to the welcoming sounds of tortured moans on the wind. It reminds me of my first parish. Bull swim. My keen elven senses would be able to detect any such sound. Maybe if you'd stop talking, you would be able to hear it. Hmm. The ancient tales tell of the empty howling of the demon scourge. The hungering end could be heard through 10,000 leagues as it consumed the crystal city of Brext. Wordlessly crying their conquest. Those are just stories. We were at Brex, remember? No giant howling potato demons cropped up while we were there. Just that zone of death Father Maldreth put up. That and some colossal undead. Me tired of this. Want to see something new? Me go left. Are you sure you want to leave the group? You know, tell me what I do, giant nobody voice. Me go left. Grunel quickly discovers that something has broken reality in this part of the desert. He turns to his left, expecting to see the matter fall. But instead, he is met with his own feet on the ground. What? That's not possible. Indeed, the more you try to look to your left, the less you see around your feet. When you look up, you see your body, your legs, your feet, and then the ground. This worse than time on boat. Romande has clapped his hand on Vrogel's shoulder, spinning him around. You all right, your majesty? You look a little greener than usual. Me fine, and you no touch tunic. Life maker self. 
take many hours hunting dialism. My apologies, sir. And so, we made our way across the blasted wastes, pursuing the hungering end upon a strange plain and far from home. Upon our return to the holy city of Sondaskar, the Emperor himself would surely reward us for vanquishing these abominations. And then an earthquake strikes. Make reflexes. You all hit the ground at the same time. Everything has become very gray. The whole expanse before you has been leveled in every direction. The cracks in the ground have disappeared, and the earth seems to have been planed to a smooth, uniform height as far as the eye can see. There are no individual grains of sand anymore. Just polished, flat bedrock. The ashy matter fog is thicker here than anywhere you have seen thus far. Tiny bits of potato hell stick in your nose and your throat as you gasp for breath. I shall consult my knowledge of the plains and this map I stole from the potato mats. Give me a roll and let's see what your books and scrolls come up with. According to my calculations and divinations, we are no more than seven hours from the edge of the desert. I don't know how we've done it, but we're nearly to Inner Hikon and Catavan. Yeah, and that thing got here first! Its many eyes were pitted and rotten, though a few twisted roots and sickly shoots remained upon the great potato dragon, it too had fallen to the infectious demons of the hungering end. Wait, this thing? It potato? Or, or dragon? Or, or, or demon? It's a potato dragon that's turning into a demon, probably. It transforming? Yes, it transforming. It is transforming. And rather quickly. I came. I kill thing before it finished change. But it's already halfway there. I king. I kill thing before finish change. This proper purgatory challenge, like Great Grammar, always what we have. Brogle defeat Chaos Potato Dragon Demon Thing! Brogle takes to the air on his grafted dragon wings, readying bloodless his mighty great axe. Yes, an ample battle! Omicar, bringer of strife! The Stonies creeps with the power to traverse the Aether! Mass Blast! <laughs> As much as I appreciate your aid, oh horrifying priest, I think I'll stick to what I know. Flights of dozens of arrows! Tad fires as many arrows as his fingers can grasp, as quickly as his arm can draw them back. Unfortunately for you, this potato was somehow able to imagine the thick, scaly hide of an elder red dragon. Each arrow strikes the beast, but none take root in the starchy flesh. Hmm, that not good. Maybe me no power attack like me planned. You could always delay your action, you know. Wait for the Bard to make himself useful for once. No wait for Bard. King already defeat Bard. No need stupid music, Elf. Just rage! I remember what happened the last time I charged that thing. Maybe this time I'll just let our venerable king of Town Hall get chewed on and blasted with jets of hot steam. Instead of me. Me! Subdue! 
Bravo moves so quickly that all you can see is a green and black streak flitting around the dragon's head and neck, striking blow after blow with the flat of his great axe, Bloodless. <sighs> Hasn't his wife taught him how to hold that thing yet? You haven't spent very long at the keep, have you? She yells at him constantly, but mostly ends in their special orc married time. Enough, Prattle. Start making yourselves useful. Lightning Bolt. The dragon attempts to barrel roll out of the way of both the enraged flying half-orc and the coursing bolt of electricity. It collides with the somersaulting Vroggle, rolling its tail directly into the lightning's streaking path. Parts of the tail burst, spewing potato filth in a 20-foot radius. Ew! Now I have to change my headdress again! Don't bother, Misa. The dragon unleashes a jet of scalding white steam. Reflex savers from all of you. Hooray! I'm safe this time! Ugh. Me not feel so good. Stupid Sada Dragon gonna die! Does anybody have a plan other than strike at it head on? I do! Gloriously strike at it head on. I like the strike gloriously and head parts of that plan, Catherine. Might I suggest the addition of a meteor swarm? Four fair sized rocks come hurtling from the sky. They're not potato rocks or anything, are they? Surprisingly, no. Grimlock appears to have reached out into the depths of space, warping the gravitic fields surrounding the planet and drawing four asteroids directly into the starchy deep. Eat rocks that are actually rocks! One passes within an arm's reach of Bravo. Hey! Watch where you throw rocks! Me king of rocks! Yes, the Meteor Blitzkrieg greatly pleases Father Makara. Quicken another one, Grimlock. If I'm going to please anyone's god, it'll be mine. Not some ancient war deity that my ancestors decided wasn't refined enough for the elven race. Very well. Instead, I shall imbue Brother Caltraps with the divine power of the war bonnet. You can keep prey to whatever bundle of sticks you want. Meanwhile, a familiar starburst appears in the distance. From far off, you can hear galloping hooves. Spirit of the swift wind, come to me! Ahem, <laughs> Torea, and that other thing? Alright, Romande Sorvinde, I grant you the splendor of the eagle! This moment did provide me with the inspiration necessary to craft my Opera Magnifica. I looked about and beheld powers of light and darkness arrayed side by side against the scourge of all worlds. I raised my voice in song, a song so beautiful, a song so strange, a song so chaotic, that the great Bardock the Many-Faced, Lord of Chance, paused in his great mischief. He admired our plight all because of my honey-mouthed words. And so the great Bardock said, I, Bardock the Unhinged, would grant you a boon, little voice. What does the voice want? When you think of it, just blow out this ever-burning candle. Everyone, roll the fortitude. 
Okay. If you failed, you were blinded for one round. If you passed, you see a small muffin shape snap through a hole in reality. During that moment, Romande took the cupcake in his hand and secreted it somewhere upon his person. <laughs> I don't want to know about Romande's secretions. I want to know what he thinks he'll do with them. I cast mind spiders. We'll deal with that in a moment. But first, the dragon fails to save. Barnock has blinded it too. Beast begins an awkward descent. I'm brutally charged! You can't charge, because you're flying. Mechanics of flight don't come naturally to bears or elves or any of the rest of you. Hey! Thorn, I apologize. Isa, penguins still can't fly. Hi, I'm a monk. Monks are fast. I fly the hundred feet up and attack! Now that actually takes its double. Since you can only fly 60 feet as a single I hate flying! If bears needed to fly, Ursana wouldn't have made it so bees have to put their hives in trees! The potato dragon snaps its moldering jaws at you as it falls past. Ha! Ah, but I'm out there! God damn it, you're four feet to the left! I keep forgetting about that cloak of displacement. I make my counterattack! Take a moment to save the sight of a man mauling a demonic potato dragon whilst hurtling toward the ground at an acceleration of 9.8 meters per second per second. The dragon rolls over, unable either to spread its wings or to dislodge Brother Finally, a moving target. I loose a storm of arrows. There! Now it's a feathered demon potato dragon. And I'm pretty sure that last one hit him in the eye. This dragon already has too many adjectives and descriptors. No need to add feathered and eyeless to it. I am the only one who is allowed to be feathered here. I am the princess. Agreed. I move that the only adjectives we add to this dragon henceforth should be dead or eviscerated. Shut up! You don't get a vote! Pizza. You spent a full round within spelling distance of this thing. Give me a save versus fear. I'm a bear! I fear nothing! Oh ye gods! I'm 12 feet away from a steam-breathing demonic feathered potato dragon! And it's already chewed on me once this month! Wow! You are all treated to the sight of a seven and a half foot penguin flapping its wings in panic as it plummets from the sky in an attempt to escape a falling dragon. Isa, you are shaken for the rest of the fight. Wait, didn't we have a paladin up here? Yeah, she's up here, but I already took a look at her area to see if anybody would actually benefit from her stalwart war. How dare you look at me in my area? I've never heard such uncouth language. Uh, well, uh... My area is beyond your comprehension, you filthy, disembodied voice! Uh, terribly sorry, ma'am. It won't happen again. By the way, the dragon has come much closer to the ground by now. You're all within range of its aura of fear. Imanon, Romande, and Tad are also within range of the beast falling on top of them in the next six seconds. Give me saves versus fear and reflex. I have already died. I... Fear nothing. Quite true, wizard. You only have to make the reflex save. Ooh boy. 
He's coming in fast. You think of what I'm thinking, Bard? Uh, Bard? Hey, where'd Romandega? He's over there, heading for that big rock. The funny-shaped one with the perfect hiding spot? Very safe. Ah, well, I'd better show him where the good hiding spot is. Cowards. Does it matter that I'm blind? Does that exempt me from the dragon fear? Not so much. You can still smell it. You can also still see it through your potato familiar. Sort of. What do you mean, sort of? You're starting to get some kind of interference. Your left eye sees the dragon, but your right eye sees some half-rotten French rock sitting on top of a series of spikes. Ugh. Gotta check that last barrel of bear grass for impurities. All sales are final! Hmm, that's odd. Oh well, I'm sure that this won't interfere or come up in any way later on. Oh gods, why does this fucking dragon keep getting closer to me? You do understand how gravity works, don't you? I'm a penguin. Of course I don't understand how gravity works. I'm not even sure gravity exists. Well, penguin, you multiply the masses of two objects, then toss in some made-up number, and divide by the square of the distance between them. I don't know how gravity works, but I do know how beaks work. No, Penguin. You know defeat, Potato Dragon. Me defeat. Me king of Potato Place. Bravo flaps his wings mightily and nosedives toward the melee. He crashes into the dragon's right flank, battering at its ribs and wing with bloodless his mighty axe. As effective as this cascading may has been up to this point, I would like to add one more element into the mix. Which element would that be? Electricity. You do know that casting most electricity spells into a melee is a good way to kill your party members, right? Your point being... Fair enough. Give me some saves. Smig, Issa, and Bravo make their saves and break off from the demon just as Imanon's bolt of unregulated electricity collides with the beast. Those of you still within smelling range are treated to a new and horrifying development. Instead of this thing merely reeking of dragon and rot, now it assaults your noses with the odor of burnt rotten potato with a light undertone of dragon rust. <sighs> Oh, this smells suspiciously like your wife's cooking, Bravel. We know! It's great! No, Bravel, it's not so great. You see, now it's annoyed and hungry and driven to unmake reality in all forms. In fact, it snaps you up, grinding into you with its molds. Simultaneously, it lets out a jet of steam straight into the ground team. It swipes its foreclaws at Issa and Smith as it spreads its wings to regain control over its flight. The dragon compensates for Smith's displacement, buffeting the bear toward the ground. The impact explodes with coruscating black and red energies as it assimilates and redirects the magic that has been expended thus far. Smith is left with flash burning and the stink of charred hair as the Chaos Potato rolls over to uppercut the flying penguin, releasing more of its stored chaotic power into the strike. Damned beast! 
This won't go back until it's almost winter, you know! At least it doesn't have anything else it can strike with! <laughs> thanks for reminding me. It also has a tail snap. The dragon strikes its spirit of the swift moon with its lashing tail. Give me a ride check, Toria. Whoops! Spirit of the Swift Wind! Look out! The dragon manages to strike the Holy Steed's saddle. The burst of chaotic power eats right through the straps. Within seconds, Torea is left floating atop an empty saddle whilst her horse runs naked across the skies. He isn't naked, though. I am? Why not? He's still wearing his horseshoes! <laughs> well, either way, you comically fall off your flying horse. Luckily, you don't fall to the ground, thanks to Mount Earth's flying spell. Whew, well, that's a relief. At least the dragon's turn is over. Not quite. The dragon can make one more strike. It continues corkscrewing its body and flies into the ground at full tilt, aiming for the ground team. Romande, Tad, Drimlock, Give me reflexes. Incoming! Whoops. Torea, return and heal me! <laughs> Now's our chance! Everyone, attack before it rolls over! And so, my brave bastards did bring down this terror from the skies. And we laid about it with swords and knives, claws and teeth. Amid the carnage, Maldreth and I raised our weapons in prayer. These arms had been forged in the years before day and night in the smithy of Mayase the Weapon Maker. In mine hand shines the Vorpal Potato Sword. Behold Maldreth's war pick, chased with ancient runes in half a hundred languages and three spiked chains dangling from the butt end. We had recovered this holy artifact from the holt of the Fire Iron Otter Clan, who dubbed this implement the Fang of Pain. Now these weapons pulse with the light of the twin gods, Makar and Mayase, father of war and mother of weapons, as the terrible priest and the glorious bard drive blade and spike through the demon's starchy heart. Yep. All that the bard just said happens. And the might of the twin gods spreads through the demon of the hungering end, ripping it apart muon by muon, dispersing its excess atoms across the local reality. Within a few minutes, you notice the sand beginning to coalesce once again, taking shapes of tiny potato grains. Uberorsis is already healing, thanks to your efforts. I cast Chain Lightning. Why? There are no enemies around. I want to make some lightning fossils, and the sand is just reaching the right consistency. <sighs> Fine. Huh. Well... You have just fulfilled one of the most sincere wishes of a small group of potatoes who wanted to be either glass, fossils, or lightning. One was even clever enough to want to be all three. She's the happiest of all. Potatoes have gender? Who cares? Wowasis! We went over this problem. You can't see it because the oasis isn't here. Then how me already become king of it? Suffice it to say that the Potato Mads owe you, Your Majesty. If ever you have a problem that could be sorted out by a group of wandering potato souls, you know where to turn. This is the true power of kingship. No! Axe true power of kingship! 
Favors and debts only power for weekly kingy talky elf. Orc know what give real power. Axe. Axe and yelling. Once the corruption of the hungering end had been excised, a mighty wind arose and swept through the desert of Tuberosis the Blighted, clearing the matter fog. When the air finally stilled itself, we beheld a wide, straight road paved with cobbletots. The road opened to us at the behest of Tuberosis himself. For wreaking his vengeance and clearing his desert of invaders, the Blighted One rewarded us with his most precious of gifts, the right to leave. And so my insufferable bastards arrived at the borders of Inner Hycon, where Cadavan, King Prowther, and Don Vincenzo still lay ahead. The Twenty-Sided Theater is a joint production of Bear Industries and the Shinoda Necromancy Corporation. This episode of the Twenty-Sided Theater stars Gabriel Avenante, Blake Parker, Harry Quatrin, Kian Quatrin, Rory Quatrin, Mike Solso, and Chris Wong. Written by Rory Quatrin. Edited by Blake Parker. Music by VCMG, Sylvius Leopold Weiss, Solevio, Boosh, Skip, Staz D400, Jackie, and Circuit Soldiers. For a complete list of sound effects artists, visit the show notes for this episode at 20sidedtheater.com. If you enjoyed our production, as I'm certain you did, leave us a review on iTunes so that others might discover the 20-sided theater. Or you will face my wrath. The Twenty-Sided Theater is underwritten in part by the Shenouda Necromancy Corporation. At the Shenouda Necromancy Corporation, we bring out the best in your dead. I am Imanand Shenouda, President and CEO of the Shenouda Necromancy Corporation, Weapon Master of the Empire. I'm also a customer. Our modern magical technology allows us to make advances that our ancestors could scarcely imagine. Believe me, I asked them. Do you have a loved one taken from you too early? Your new puppy tragically hit by an ox cart. Need to get that last bit of information to find where the map is hidden? Have you ever wished Grandma was here to see this? We can help. Scry us at the Swamp Pyramid for all inquiries.